Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Everybody here know we're created to worship Him. At the core of just because you're a human being made in the image of Almighty God, your greatest purpose is to worship Him with all that you are. There are people that miss that this whole life. They go through this whole life spending doing something else, serving themselves, chasing other things, but they waste it. And when they die, it's when it's all around. Because there's a day of reckoning. Just like for these servants, there's a day of reckoning coming. There's a day when the master said, now I'm, a, I'm, I'm bringing everybody into account. Our ultimate purpose is to glorify God. He created us for his pleasure and he gave us free will so we could choose whether to worship him or not. If you choose to reject that calling, you're rejecting life with him and choosing eternal death. That's not his fault, as Pastor Bill will point out in today's message. If you choose to accept that invitation, you're choosing eternal life, and he freely gives it to you. Not only will you experience that gift after this life, but he'll provide peace and purpose in this life as well. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers, chapter 7, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. All of us can be faithful. All of us can. That's a, if I can communicate one thing to us, no matter what our gifts is, if you have one talent, that little bitty talent, great gang of talents, everybody has the potential to be faithful. That's what we want to concern ourselves with. God, I don't want to be, I don't want more. I don't want less. I don't want anything. I don't want what someone else has. What I want to do is be faithful with what I do have because that, that's in my power to do. I can be faithful. So, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The way that the Lord rewards faithfulness is by giving more. Those that were faithful with this, I'm going to trust you with more. And so a lot of times, even within, um, you know, as, as you think about, maybe you have a business or maybe you have, Somewhere where you raise up people or you use people, what you want to do is raise up faithful people. Faithful people, that's what you want. Those that were faithful with the little thing, I'll give you some more because you're proving yourself faithful. And if someone's not faithful, then you, you take it away. I'm teaching my son some lessons. I want, I want my son to be a, a, a rounded man, a solid man, so I got to do some hard things sometimes. So he gets an allowance for cleaning up the dog stuff. That's his job. You get out in that backyard and it's worth it to me, that means I don't have to do it. I'll pay you to get out there and clean that up, but you got to do it every day, right? It can't become my burden to remind you, to ask you if you did it, to go check in behind you, because then that's work. I'm not going to pay you if I got to do some work. And so what I've done is, at times, I said, right now you have the opportunity to make some money. So if you do that every day of the week, you get 10 bucks, easy money. Take you a few minutes every day, get out there, scoop, 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 scoop. That's your job. And sometimes... When he wants something and he's saving money, my brother's faithful. He's out there every day. Dad, I took care of it. Dad, as soon as I got home, he'll call me when I'm not home. Dad, I got home with mom. I went out there right away, different thing. I went out there, clean everything up. Just want you to know. All right. But he want to make sure he's getting his money that week. So there are days where he's, I've been faithful. And then, then there go some weeks go by, and I'm like, hey, did you get out there today? Oh, that look. So, okay. So well, now, now, next week, you still got to clean it all up, but there won't be an allowance. Now I got to switch it up on you. Now, if you miss a day, every time you miss a day, you get a whooping. So now I got to motivate you. you, you since, since, since money didn't motivate you, you're going to be motivated with punishment. And after he does that well, 
You know, I switch it back up. Now you got the opportunity to make money again. And, and I'm just, you know, I'm trying to teach him some valuable lessons. Now, he's never got the whooping for it because that's very motivating to him. It's like, if you forget, it's, it's, I'm going to be, we're going to see about it. You know, he don't forget then. But um, God says, look, and then God's not motivating us with a whooping. That's the thing, right? You could be unfaithful for a long time. And God's not, now it's not, you know, you're just kind of left out there. Unfaithful. You're missing some things. You, that's why people are unfulfilled. How, how can a Christian be unfulfilled? How can a Christian be, I'm just, I'm just going on my life, just unfulfilled, bored. You know why? You're not being faithful with what God has given you to do. You're trying to find fulfillment in something else, and it's, it's letting you down hard. And if you would just get what God gave you to do and be busy about that, you wouldn't be unfulfilled. You wouldn't be bored. You wouldn't be dissatisfied. You would be content, and you would have peace, and you would have joy, and you will be right with the Lord. So verse 22 now says, he also who had received the two talents came and said, Lord, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Notice that the one that gained two and the one that gained five both heard the same speech. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many. But he got five more. You got two more. God, you, did, you both did good. You both did good. Good job. I wasn't comparing you with him. I was comparing you with you. I wasn't, I wasn't judging you based on how he did. I was judging you based on what I gave you. And you did good. And so we want to be careful. Because maybe you got two talents. And you're doubling them up. But you're looking at someone that got five. Who's doubling those up. And you feel like you're not doing enough. Don't, don't compare yourself to other people. You want to always be looking to the Lord. God, what have you given me? And how can I be faithful with what you're giving me? Um, you don't want to be looking beyond. You don't be looking at other people hoping that because you'll be, then you'll be disappointed while you're serving. Um, at one point, um, I, I, I pastor and I teach and anybody that does this, you want to do better and better and better. You want to, you want to do the best you can. It's a big deal. And there are some people that I really, really, really enjoy. I'm like, man, God, that's, that person right there, that just, man, and I, I just want to be able to do that. And I, one day I got to meet one of these guys. And um, John Corson, one of my favorite people, you know, listen to, um, just deep. And I appreciated the depth. And I got to meet him and talk to him. And I shared that with him. He said, man, look, he said, I'm 50-something years old. How old are you? Tell me how old I was. He said, this is the thing. He says, when I was your age... I was hoping that I was going to grow too. And he says, what you do is you just keep going forward. He said, by the time you get 50, if you keep going on a steady pace, when you get 50 something, you, 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 you'll, be, you'll be far, far, far. Because at the time I was 20 something, he said, you'll, you'll be much further along then than you are now. There'll be, but he said, you can't be at 20 something looking at someone that's been doing it 40 plus years. So I want to be there now. He said, you'll, you'll be disappointed the rest of your life. He said, so you, you can appreciate good preaching, appreciate those that are beyond you and more seasoned, but don't let the enemy play that trick on you where you're looking at what you could not possibly be. He said, this didn't happen overnight. It's not a magic trick. He grew into that kind of man. And he said, you just keep walking with the Lord and be faithful and you'll grow into what you're going to be. You know, you'll grow into what you're supposed to be. And that was, that was good counsel for me. Uh, Cause then instead of, you know, copycatting other people, guys, you just be the best version of you and you be faithful and you'll grow. And that's what I can do, right? I could never be him. But I can be me growing in the Lord. And so and so can you. Um, and so I uh, just want you to know that they both heard the same thing. But now let's look at the last servant. Verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. 
reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. And I was afraid. And I went and took your talent. I'm sorry, I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here it is. You have what is yours. Ooh. So he messed up. Now, he says a few things about the Lord. And I want you to notice the, the excuses are flowing. I, I, know, I know when you just stood there and watched him with five give ten and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I know you had to say, oh, no. He didn't want to hit him. He wanted the one with two that has four. Well done, good and faithful servant. He sat there and watched that. Now it's his turn. And what do you do when you're wrong, when you're guilty? That's how you know somebody else. That's how you know you messed up. When you start offering excuses. Notice nobody else made an excuse. The one with two didn't say, Lord, well, he had five and I had two, but I did the best I could with the two. He didn't say anything. He just, Lord, here, just offered it. He knew he had done his best. The one with the five, there's no, there's no conversation. Just offered up. Knew he had done his best. But notice that this is the one that's running his mouth. The one that didn't do anything. And so often that's the way it is. Those that won't do will talk. And that's because that's the talk is cheap. And we all know that. Those that won't be about it, those that won't put effort towards it, they won't do it. They'll be very busy making excuses about why not. And it's, it's, it's been said, if you get good at making excuses, people that get good at making excuses are rarely good at anything else. So don't, don't, don't get into a pattern of making excuses. Um, but that's what this guy starts. He says, I was afraid. That's first thing he says. Again, if you was afraid, you should have, <laughs> I mean, you should have went there. You should have worked really hard because you was afraid. He says, I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. And look, here it is. Also, he told him in verse 24, he says, I know you're a hard man. He's blaming God. He's blaming the master. I know you was a hard man. I know you hard. You ain't even fair. You go gathering where you haven't sown. I just want you to notice the conversation. Is he talking to the master like that? Oh, it's his fault. And that's, again, when you don't do what you're supposed to do, that's now it's not my fault. I wasn't the lazy servant. I didn't stick my thing in the ground and just hang around all this time she was gone. No, it's your fault. You're a hard man. You gather where you haven't sown. You, where you, haven't, you reap where you haven't sown. And I was afraid of you because of that. So I hit yourself. Now, here it is there. Take it. And once you notice what the master says to him, this is who you don't want to be. Verse 26. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at least at my coming, I would have received interest back. I would have received back my own interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10. I'll come back to that in just a minute. Um, so the one 10 has 10 gets one more. Well, we'll kind of come back to that. Verse 29. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he who, I'm sorry, he will have an abundance. But to him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That sounds pretty bad. Where is there weeping and gnashing of teeth? In hell, right? So check this out. I want you to notice one more time that he took what he had and dug it and put it in the dirt. He hasn't done anything for the Lord for years. The master was gone a long time. He was, what was he doing all those years? He was doing him. And when the master came back, he said, you, you're a wicked servant. And he was appointed his place. Just notice, note this, right? Those that are 
not, I mean, if, those that are not walking with the Lord, don't know the Lord, don't, they don't, don't have that relationship with the Lord. Um, they have, anybody here recognize that they're non-believers with some amazing abilities, talents, even gifts, we would say? Um, I know some non-believers, I'm like, man, sometimes I look at them, I think, if you would just get saved, man, you could really do some things, you know? Um, but they haven't given it to the Lord. Who they given it to? Themselves. It's mine. They get all the glory for it, all the money for it, all the whatever for it. It is theirs. They have used it for them. But when they die, when they die and they stand before him, sad time. I gave you that. I gave you that. You didn't just wake up like that. You just wasn't born like that. I gave you those things to worship me. You, you everybody here know we're created to worship him? At the core of just because you're a human being, Made in the image of Almighty God, your greatest purpose is to worship him with all that you are. There are people that miss that this whole life. They go through this whole life, spend it doing something else, serving themselves, chasing other things, but they waste it. And when they die, it's when it's all a wrap. Because there's a day of reckoning. Just like for these servants, there's a day of reckoning coming. There's a day when the master said, now I'm, a, I'm, I'm bringing everybody into account. And there's no going back. It's too late to go make more. It's too late to go be faithful. Right now, you're locked in where you were. That's when you die. When you die, that's, that's going to be it. You don't get to do another service. You don't get to pray another prayer. You don't get to do another thing. What, what condition you were in when you die, boom, there it is. And so how awesome is it going to be for people that live their life out in faithful service to the Lord? That's going to be death is going to be awesome. Death is going to be the best thing ever happened. They're going to enter into, notice he said, enter into the joy of your Lord. It's a, it's a celebratory entrance in for those that live lives of service. You guys, whatever, whatever, however sweet it was to walk with me down here, it's going to be so much better forever, starting now. So for the person that walks with, serve the Lord, man, oh, just that's the cool thing for the believer. We have such a hope. That for the believer, no matter what life on earth is, better is coming. And it's not that bad for us here, you guys, because the Lord is ministering to us even now. And so we can have peace now, joy now, comfort now, all these great things now, just because we know the Lord now. And God's but this it's going to get better, so much better. Right. You're going to enter into my presence where there's fullness of joy and joy. I mean, there's, there's pleasure evermore. I mean, that's this is better coming for the believer. But for the non-believer, right, no matter how good it may seem right now, um, it, it, there's nobody dies without God and says that was worth it. There's nobody in hell right now saying, you know what? But it was worth it. <laughs> Everybody in hell wishes they could come back and do it over, but they can't. Hell is full of people, full of regret, regretting that they didn't take advantage of the opportunity that they had, regretting that they wasted their life because their life was their opportunity to know and serve the Lord and they wasted it. And hell is full of people that are regretting that and they'll regret it for all eternity, right? Heaven is full of people. I think heaven is full of people that are just floored with God's goodness and his mercy upon them. I think the, the most overwhelming thing in heaven, you guys, we're going to get there and, and we know we don't deserve it. I think everybody's going, when we enter into heaven, first thing we're going to do is hit the decks, fall down and cry some tears of joy and thank the Lord. And that's why everybody in heaven worshiping because we know it's only by his grace and mercy that we made it there. But heaven's going to be full of happy people, happy people, blessed people, people that had, had they, 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 they made it. They made it into the presence of God. And for those that didn't just make it, but they had served, this is the cool thing, too. Right. There's eternal reward. And Jesus, when he was ministering to his disciples, encouraged them. He says, guys, don't store up treasure on earth 
where moth and dust can corrupt, where thieves break in and steal, right? Don't spend the best of this life storing up the stuff of this life because it's passing away. He said, but store up treasure in heaven where neither moth nor dust corrupt, where thieves don't break in and steal. He said, you spend this life with a sight on the next life. It takes faith. But instead of getting it all down here, he says, send it up ahead. And something you do when you serve the Lord and all the different ways that people serve God, praying for other people, sharing the gospel, giving to the needy. So many ways that we minister to people, we, daily opportunity. God said, those things just go right up ahead. They go right on before you. Um, they're, they're in heaven waiting on you. And they'll never be taken away, right? They won't diminish, right? I can do something down here and it diminishes eventually. But guys, everything you send ahead in heaven is just there. And it doesn't ever diminish. It's there for eternity. And so we want to be careful to serve the Lord. We want to be careful to serve him with an eye on eternity, where we plan to spend our, our eternity. Amen? And so as um, I, I wanted to share this story in connection with the number seven, because in number seven, everybody, all 12 tribes came and they offered something. They all came and all they now they all offered the same thing. Um, this was the connection there. Right. Why they all offer the same thing? Because we all have the same opportunity to offer God the same thing. What's the same thing that we can offer? Faithfulness. Right. They had. Each tribe, there was God had prescribed what they were to give and they gave what was prescribed, the exact same thing, the exact weight, measure. Everybody gave the exact same thing. They, this is what God wants. This is what God's going to get. We worship God the way he said worship him. So for New Testament believers, we can get a little bit wrapped up at times on what we're going to give God. Okay, I'm out. Well, they gave God that. So, so then the way that I'm going to please, I'm going to give God, you know, I'm going to give my money to the Lord. I'm going to give my service and my time and my effort and my energy to the Lord. That's all great if first you've given yourself to the Lord. And so we try to be real careful in the church about um, somebody come through the door and say, boop, get to put them right to work. You know, well, let, let's meet. Let's talk. Let me see where you're at with the Lord. How's your family? How's your marriage? You're doing okay. You're saved. Are you really saved? Are you sure you're saved? You know, let's do some discipleship and just take you on a little further. Because first, what God says, first, I really want to have your heart. After I get that, man, bring it. Bring them gifts. Bring that. Bring all that. That's all next. And that's the proper order. Um, it would be inappropriate to ask someone who have been given God their heart. Well, give them your time and give them your treasure. Give me your money. Give me your gifts. Give me your this. And God's like, but I don't even have them yet. You can give all that stuff and go to hell. You know that? Somebody could give their gifts and their resources and die without Christ. So they didn't give themselves to the Lord. God says, I want you. Give yourself to me. And then from there, from that relationship, now, now you'll be, you know, I'll make you aware of the gifts. And, and it should just be a natural flow at that point. I don't think those that have given themselves to the Lord have a hard time giving of themselves or of their resources or of their time or of their talents to the Lord. So we want to get that right. And so go back to Numbers chapter seven and we're going to conclude the chapter. And so, again, I summarized verses 12 to 83. So we're going to pick up at verse 84. This was the dedication offering for the altar from the leaders of Israel when it was anointed 12. So this is now added up everything that was brought. So. We had the itemize, everybody bringing the exact same offering 12 times, which didn't read all. Now there's the adding it all up. Verse 85, 84. Um, when it was anointed, it says 12 silver platters, 12 silver, silver bowls, 12 gold pans, because each tribe bought one of those full of some things. Verse 85. 
Each silver platter weighed 130 shekels and each bowl 70 shekels. All the silver of the vessels weighed 2,400 shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Verse 86, the 12 gold pans full of incense weighed 10 shekels apiece according to the shekel of the sanctuary. All the gold of the pans weighed 120 shekels. All the oxen for the burnt offering were 12 young bulls and rams, 12 the male lambs in their first year, 12, with their grain offerings and the kid of the goats as a sin offering, 12. And all the oxen for the sacrifice of peace offerings were 24 bulls and rams, 60, the male goats, 60, and the lambs in their first year, 60. This was the dedication offering for the altar after it was anointed. Verse 89, last verse. Now when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him, he heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim. Thus, he spoke to him. Last thing here, Moses, after the altar is dedicated, the offerings have been given. God is pleased. Moses, the representation goes in and it says that the Lord spoke to him. But I want you just to notice where. The Ark of the Covenant, it was a golden box on the top of it. There were two cherubim, um, you know, underneath those things. There was the mercy seat. Um, there was, you know, there are layers to this box. But it says that God spoke to him from above the mercy seat that was on the Ark of the Testimony from between the two cherubim. Thus, he spoke to him. And I just want to point that out, that God could have spoken to him from another place. But it was it was from the mercy seat. And Mercy in scripture is when we don't get what we deserve. It's not getting what you deserve. So two things I got from this, and I want to leave us with this tonight. Um, they had done all this giving, all this sacrifice, and all this offering. There had been obedience and all these things to the Lord. And it says Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak to him. But then he heard the voice of one speaking to him. And I want to just point this out because sometimes in our prayer life and our communication with the Lord, some, some people dominate the conversation. They go in to pray and the Lord, you're going to hear me. Some of y'all pray, y'all get all animated and loud. And Lord, I just tell you right now, and you just, ooh, you just go, go, go and until you get it all said. And then you go, done. I got it all said, what I want to get said. But you guys know prayer is a communication. It's a back and forth. So it says he went in to speak to the Lord, but then the Lord starts speaking to him. Sometimes in prayer, you want to just be quiet. Say, God, speak. You know, I'm, 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 right now, I'm just I'm in your presence, thankfully, but I'm going to just be quiet. Moses went in to speak. His intention was to go and start speaking, but he started hearing the Lord speak to him, and he listened. And I just want to point that out. You want to make sure your communication with the Lord is two-way. And sometimes we want to slow it down and just be quiet. Let the Lord speak to you. Be amazed at the stuff he'll speak to you when you just be quiet. And let him speak to your heart. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you and let him speak. And I've walked away at times. I'm like, you know, since I tell God, I said, God, your word says, you know, things I need even before I ask you. So I'm just sit here. And I just sit there and listen. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. So I'm just going to listen. Um, there are times where I do pray. I'm not saying don't pray. I'm not saying you can't communicate with the Lord and, and be fervent in your prayers even, but I'm saying don't let it be one-sided, right? Anybody here, you know, you talk on your cell phone. 
Um, you know, if, if you had your mouth here and the ear covered up, that's a bad conversation. That's a bad relationship. Every time they say something you don't hear because you're too busy going, you got to talk a little bit and then what? Listen a little bit, talk a little bit. That's how you have a good communication. So we want to work on that with the Lord. Maybe you're good at calling him up and talking, um, but make sure you get some time to listen and just be still before the Lord. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Numbers, and we pray that it's been eye-opening for you. In this book, you see how God dealt with sin and disobedience in the Israelite camp, but you also get a sense of how God delights in obedience and a soft heart. The people then were no different than people today. It's all human nature, plagued with the curse of sin, but God didn't leave their side, and He remains by your side today. So if you're ever in doubt about God's goodness, faithfulness, or steadfastness, be reminded that God cares about you, loves you, and is there for you. We hope you continue to learn more from the book of Numbers, and we encourage you to read ahead on your own. If you're interested in listening to additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you can find them on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. If you live in the Inglewood area or happen to be passing through, come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. Then you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. Before you go, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience, and we pray you continue to look to Jesus. Thanks again for joining us, and be sure to catch our next edition of A Transforming Word.